Hey guys, what's going on? This is your host, Josh McCallan, and this is Dudes and a Mic. Today, I'm joined by Jacob Swartz. What's up, guys? And Noah Honeygut. What's poppin'? This podcast will focus on NBA news, gaming news, and esports, and also movies we've seen recently. Hope you guys enjoy. Thanks for listening. Let's get right into it. All right, so first thing on the NBA list we're going to talk about today is the Dame and Paul George beef. As many of you may have seen, Dame and Paul George got into a little trash talking on Instagram, and I'm going to see what uh, Noah and Jacob thought about those things. Noah, you want to go first? I mean, you know, as Lillard mentioned, uh, people in the NBA nowadays, they like to just switch teams. They don't like to stick around on one team yeah. and try and build a team to win around. They like to switch and join super teams. We saw it with the Warriors with KD. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw LeBron and AD in the Lakers. So, um, so what did Dame actually say to Paul? So he, what he actually said was um, he, he basically just called him a chump for leaving OKC and going to join another team because he couldn't win. So he's, he joined Kawhi after Kawhi won with the Raptors last year in L.A. Um, yeah, I feel like it's a really bad tendency of these guys to – I mean, Paul George isn't the – obviously he's in the most guilty one because he's gone through several injuries where he's been – in and out of lineups. He's never really got consistently going. I think the Clippers is a good situation for him. But I can see where David Litter is coming from because he's worked so hard to get to this place, and then he misses just two little free throws, and Pat Bev and Paul George give him so much shit about it. But, whoa, whoa. <laughs> hey, hey, this is, this is okay. This is okay. But, yeah, Jacob, what are your thoughts? I mean, I like it. I think – I think it's good that they're talking trash to each other. You know, it makes it more interesting, especially towards the end of the season. There's a lot of playoff seeds on the line. I think that it's good for the league for them to be going jawing at each other every once in a while. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think these guys, like, behind closed doors, they're actually, like, okay with each other. I think they just do this all kind of for show. Like, I'm sure if they see each other on the hotel in the bubble, they're going to be like, yo, what's up, dog? So I don't really, I don't really <laughs> think it's that big a deal, you know? Yeah, it's all just about building storylines, really. Yeah, get more, more viewership in there since there's obviously not any fan revenue there right now. Yeah, exactly. And I honestly think the Blazers, man, I think they're, I think they're a dark horse to make the finals. I think Chuck, uh, Charles Barkley said that they they could make a good run for it. They're fully healthy. They haven't been fully healthy this year, so I think it was kind of arrogant of Paul George to say they're going to get sit home this year. So we'll see. Yeah, they got a pretty good chance of making it too. I mean, you got they got three games left: Sixers, Mavericks, Nets. I think they easily win two out of three of those oh, to get that last seed in the West. But tough matchup first round against the Lakers, so we'll see. For sure. And I think, yeah, definitely. No, any little final thoughts I on think, that? I think it's more that Paul George is still a little upset about Dame beating him in six games. Oh, last for year. sure it is. Yeah. So I think he's trying to get some revenge on Dame and just send him home so he can't lose to him in the playoffs. Yes, yeah, especially after that little wave goodbye last year. Yeah, like Beverly did last night. Yeah. And I don't, and again, I think Paul George is a little jealous because Paul George, I mean, he's a very, very, he's a superstar in the league, but he hasn't been a very clutch player in his career. And Dave has time at the time proven that he can send teams home easily. But yeah. Like the Rockets a couple years ago. Yeah, exactly. Rockets, it was second second year in his league. He sent Pat Beth home. And then last year, he sent Paul George home. And I think it was game five or six. But yeah, game six last year. Yeah, but. Again, I think they're a dark horse and to make the finals. And speaking of dark horses, what do you guys think about Phoenix making playoffs? 
Um, Only undefeated team in the bubble now. It's been fun to watch, but I don't know. I don't see it going into – I don't see them making the playoffs, first off, let alone carrying on through the playoffs. Think it's a bit good building ground, or do you think, like, this is just, like, a little stint? Or do you think they could – this is their first four- or five-game winning streak since, like, 2014, I believe. I think it's definitely a good building block. They obviously have a very young core. They added some key players this past offseason, so it'd be interesting to see what they can do next year, but – I still think they're just a few players away from making anything happen in the league. Do you think Booker should stay? Or do you think Booker should leave like Draymond Green said? I think I definitely think Booker should stay. They have a good team they're building around. Although they might not make the playoffs this year, they definitely have a chance of making it next year. I mean, right now in the bubble, Booker's averaging 29.4 points a game. He's got a game-winning shot over the Clippers. DeAndre Ayton's averaging a double-double and 18 points and 10 rebounds. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Cameron Johnson, since they got to the bubble, he's been playing so much better, too. We saw what he did with UNC, UNC repping, last baby. year. Yeah. He played good with UNC last year. So, if he can translate that over to the NBA, especially keep it going next season, they have a really good chance of making the playoffs, maybe even being, like, a top top six team in the West. Their main problem is their depth, obviously. They don't really have anyone coming off the bench that's producing any scoring for them. Yeah, like when you look at their starting lineup, I mean, they got Ricky Rubio, Devin Booker, DeAndre Aiden. Like, it's a solid core three to build around. Um, And uh, Ricky Rubio is – he's a good to have beside Booker, but I think they need another scorer by Booker to actually propel himself to the next level because – Rubio, he's just, I don't know. I've never really liked his style, and I think he, Booker needs someone else as point guard. Yeah, as the Suns are on a hot streak, the Grizzlies have been ice cold. They are currently 1-5 and five now, I think, in the bubble, mm-hmm. and they have two games remaining. And those games are against uh, Boston and Milwaukee. So it's looking not too good for them, but Jacob, Noah, um... thoughts? I think that they'll be able to win both those games. I mean, we know that Jaron Jackson's out for the rest of the season, but I Boston and Milwaukee both are set in stone where they're going to So be, you want to be trying too hard. Yeah, against I, them. yeah, I don't see any of their star players playing in those games. I think both those should be coast games for the Grizzlies to come out on top. Yeah, I, st- I think they're still – Boston-Milwaukee will still kind of – I don't – I think Milwaukee has one seed on lockdown, but I think Boston could – they have the one seed on lock. I think they have the one yeah, seed on lock, and Toronto's too. Um, but, yeah, I think Boston could. Could they jump Toronto, or are they locked in at three? I'm pretty sure as of since the Raptors won today, they're locked they're in. They're locked in as two. So, yeah, like you said, then they don't really have any incentive of putting their star players in and risking injury. But So, I mean, if the Grizzlies do win both games, they get the eight seed, they have to play the Lakers. Um Obviously, that's going to be a tough matchup. I don't, honestly don't see them getting a game yeah, that, off the Lakers. That's a sweep, 100%. Yeah. 100% sweep. Because, I mean, we know that the Grizzlies can win. They've just been struggling in the bubble. They were down 18 to the Thunder, ended up winning by almost 30 points. So we know that they can win if they're clicking, but they haven't been clicking much in the bubble, bubble at all. Yeah, I think that one against OKC was, I mean, let's see. Uh, John Moran had nine assists. Um and, and that was without Jaron Jackson, and they beat OKC by 30, like Noah said. So, I mean, they're just – they go hot and cold so easily and so quickly. I'm curious to see how they do against Boston Milwaukee. Yeah, but I I don't see any of the star players playing for those two teams. 
And I'm pretty sure even if they get just one of those games, I could still see them making the playoffs because just how the standings are as of today. But I don't, I don't know. I, I would love to see Phoenix rather than the Grizzlies, Grizzlies in the playoffs just because of the matchups that would be going on. The Phoenix is obviously red hot. That would be an interesting matchup to see against the Lakers. So so San Antonio and New Orleans are only a game behind Portland. Phoenix is another half game back. So uh, the Pelicans would have to finish 4-1. and San Antonio had to finish 4-0. And the Suns would have to go 5-0. and if that all plays out, then Memphis would be out of the playoffs. And I, I don't think that's probable. I think the Suns will kind of die out in the next couple of games or so, but we'll see. And, yeah, so what do you, what do you, what are you guys' most exciting playoff matchups you guys see? Uh, definitely Rockets versus Thunder. Okay. Because, you know, Westbrook and CP3, they're playing against their old teams. So they want to they come out there and win. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they're seeing their former teams. I mean, I think Russell Westbrook will be very motivated to kind of prove himself. And same thing with Chris Paul. He'll be very motivated to show, like, I'm – He's going. I think he's going to free agency this year, next year. He's, I think he wants to show the whole league that he's worth the money. Because people have said he's not worth this money. He's not worth trading for Russell Westbrook. But he's proven this whole season. Everyone thought – OKC was going to be bottom tier team and be in the lottery, but Paul George has led this team. So yeah, I like that matchup a lot. I I would honestly still go Rockets just because of the star power that they have with James Harden and Russell Westbrook. But I think OKC could take him in six or seven games. And I think you meant Chris Paul instead of Paul George because uh, he's on the Clippers. But it's all right, you know. It's still gonna it's still like CP3 versus his old team playing. Uh, uh, he played with him oh, yeah, last Chris Paul, year, um, and then playing against him this year—that would be interesting for sure. Yeah, and I—I th- I think one of the best matchups of the first round is probably going to be uh, Jazz versus the Nuggets. Okay, I—I'm really interested to see Jokic go up against uh, the Jazz. See what Donovan Mitchell is capable of in the playoffs again. Didn't Do you have- think Rudy will give Jokic problems? I mean, it all. The Nuggets have had very interesting lineups throughout the whole bubble. Obviously, going with like the bigger lineups, having Jokic play point guard, I it'll be interesting to watch that series play out and see if uh, Donovan Mitchell is able to have a little more success this year in the playoffs than he did last year. I mean, Donovan Mitchell hit like two clutch threes. They, the Nuggets and Jazz just played on Saturday, and the Nuggets came out on top by two points. But it was a, yeah, that was a great. It was game. a very close game up until and Jokic. Proved himself to be a pretty clutch player. He was going at Gobert the whole time, and yeah, he really showed it. But Donovan was the main star of that game. It's just they came up short in the last couple of minutes. Another Western Conference matchup that we should probably keep our eyes on would be the Mavs and Clippers, because Luka Doncic, Luka Doncic, and Porzingis up against um, Kawhi and PG thirteen. While Kawhi and PG have been there a lot more, Luka is definitely a rising star in this league, and Porzingis can hold his own. We saw when Luka was out, Porzingis was leading that team no problem. Um, I don't know if there's an issue there, because whenever uh, Doncic is back, Porzingis seems to struggle a lot more. Um, So if they can figure out how to get Porzingis uh, to be more efficient while Luka's on the floor, then they could. I think that they could end up beating the Clippers first round. It'll be interesting to see that matchup. I don't, I don't see them taking that series at all. I think 
Kawhi will. I honestly think Kawhi will take the West. Playoff Kawhi is on a completely different level. Yeah, I see the Clippers coming out on top in the West. If not, oh the, really? Pro- probably them. If not, the Lakers. Then I don't yeah. see any of these other teams really taking them the distance. I gotcha. But it'll be interesting to see that matchup for sure. That's a that's a really good two seven matchup mm-hmm. compared to like what we're gonna see probably in the East. It's a lot better of a matchup. Yeah, let's talk about let's talk about the East a little bit. What do you what are you guys seeing from the East? So uh, the East. Um, one of my most interesting matchups would be the uh, the uh, Bucks and Magic. I the Magic have been playing super well, and I know the Bucks will probably sweep them, but I mean I think the Magic could still one or two games them just to make it interesting. Yeah, they definitely could. Um, like you said, the Bucks are going to come out on top. They're not going to lose that series. Um, but if they do lose one or two games to the Magic, then it's going to give other teams hope that they could probably beat mm-hmm. the Bucks. So the Bucks need to make a statement in that first round. Yeah, I think they need to sweep first round and make a statement. Yeah, because that second round matchup is going to be a tough one for them. They're either going to get the Heat or the Pacers as of right now. And I could definitely see, especially the Pacers, if TJ Warren's playing like he is right now, I could see him taking that series single-handedly. Do you guys think TJ Warren's legit? I. It's hard to tell. Just in a bubble, yeah. All these – there's so many guys, in, like Gary Trent Jr., TJ Warren, all these guys have been playing super well in the bubble. I mean, but it's it, just to see if it'll translate to a whole yeah, season. It might just be like a, maybe it's a nerves thing. Maybe they don't play well against like in front of a bunch of people, and they're in pretty much an empty gym now. Just all the players and coaches, obviously. Maybe that's a, maybe that's a hump for them to get over, and now they're able to perform to their full potential. Definitely, yeah. One of my most anticipated matchups is the Celtics and Sixers. Who would you guys have in that matchup? How many games? I think I think the Celtics could win in six. Um, okay. That is going to be a good matchup. Obviously, the Celtics and the Sixers have met more in the playoffs than any other team. They've met twenty-one times in the playoffs. The Celtics have won thirteen of those. And Ben um, Simmons and Ben Simmons, as of right now, is out. Well, he's, he's getting he's, left knee surgery. Yeah, he's out definitely. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, Al Horford's going to have to step up against his old team mm-hmm. if the Sixers want a chance at winning. Yeah, I. I'll I'll say Celtics probably in five, if not then six. I don't see the Sixers winning that series. Celtics are an interesting team because I think they're they're a very good team, but they're also pretty streaky. Like I feel like they could lose or win a game on any given day. Like they've given Clippers run for the money, but they've also lost to a lot of lesser teams. So it's just if the if Joel Embiid comes to play, I think they could obviously win that matchup yeah i think it comes down to jason tatum if if he's obviously like you said if he's being streaky this game then they're gonna lose like he has to be on his a game to win for them to win any night and kemba's gotta carry his load as usual like 20 or whatever but jason tatum definitely needs to perform well for this team to succeed nice how many, how many games he said six games uh, i would say five and then what do you say now? I, I say six all right awesome uh last playoff matchup for the east heat and pacers who you guys got I think, like like Jacob said, if TJ Warren's playing on another level, then they got that. But I think that. But Jimmy Butler be guarding. Jimmy, him. yeah, Jimmy Butler. He's known for his defense. Mm-hmm. He would always guard LeBron in the playoffs. Um, while they never did beat LeBron in the series, they always made it entertaining. Um, I think if he's guarding TJ Warren, then he Warren won't score as much as. I I, I think the Heat are more well-rounded team i think the pacers are still trying to get they just they just lost the bonus to a foot injury oladipo still recovering from his uh, injury two years ago a year and a half ago 
And I, I think they're still – they're playing very well, but I think they still need to get into that groove to be able to beat a team like the Heat with Bam and Abayo, Drogic, Butler, all those guys, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero. Yeah, I mean, it's been a few years, but do you think that there's still some, like, anger between the Pacers and the Heat from when LeBron and Paul George were playing against each no. other in the playoffs? I think there's still anger between – I know Jimmy Butler and T.J. Warren were going out at this past season. Like Butler said, I'll see you in the playoffs or in the next matchup they had. Like yeah. I know they go. Jimmy Butler is a dog. Like he goes after everyone he plays against. Yeah. But so how many games you got? I think I think it'll be a game seven. Game I think seven. It'll go all the way. Jacob. Um, I don't know. I think I think this thing does go the distance in seven. I I don't know. I would lean towards the Heat. Obviously, with just all the Pacers injuries, but all comes down to if. We're about to see. They're about to have two games left in the regular season against each other. So we'll see if Jimmy's able to contain uh, Warren. Warren or not. And I think that'll be a good indication of how the playoff series would go. Awesome, guys. Well, that does it for our NBA section. On to our gaming news. First thing on the docket for gaming news is the brand new game, Fall, guys. And me and my friend Jacob, we've been playing it a lot the past week or so. It's been out. Jacob, what, what are your thoughts about this game so far? I mean, it's a great game. It's really fun, mindless game to play. You know, you're not like just, you're not really doing much. You're yeah. just like it's just a fun game just to I get mean, on and play. You're just running straight, jumping and diving. That's all there really is to it. Yeah, it's like it's honestly crazy how much fun the game is for how sim- simple it is. And like kids, I, kids can play it. Like I, it's, it's like, like very, it's very family friendly. I'm like it's been very surprising how successful it is, especially like on streaming platforms. Like there's guys out here with like. 40,000 viewers just playing Fall Guys. What are some of uh, your favorite mini games in it so far? My favorite one is Hexagon. Like, hey, the, that's usually the final one, right? Yeah, like that's the only good final, except the tail one's all okay. Are you still the other guy's tail? The mountain one sucks, though. The, the that mountain, mountain one's terrible. That one, it, it doesn't even make sense. Whoever's in first, you're not guaranteed to win. Because the crowd keeps going up and down, right? Yeah, it's just. They they gotta change that around. And you can't you have to grab the crown too. You can't just jump at it. Yeah, you, you have to press R two. You're not you're not being rewarded for being in first place at the end. You have to wait until it comes back down. Yeah, exactly. And my my uh my my favorite game is uh is it the gate crasher one? Yeah, gate crasher. Where the gates keep going up and down. You have to jump over them. You like that one, dude? That one's pretty fun. I mean, you pretty, have to because you're terrible at that. Because I think I'm pretty decent. Because you have to time it perfectly and be able to dive over them. So I think it's pretty lit. Honestly. Yeah, that one's all right, but the one the one that you haven't completed, the slime one. Where oh, the slime hill where the slime slowly, slowly comes yeah, up. That one, that's probably the hardest map, easily. What happened to you at the end of one of those matches? What happened to you at the end of that one? I, f- I dude, I was, the, that <laughs> ball was coming and the slime was slick. I just fell off there. Yeah, I, I tried. You're trying to grab someone, weren't you? You fell off? Yeah, I try and do too much sometimes and end up screwing myself over, but you know. It's all well, it, it's it's so much fun just like stay out at the edge and like try to block people off. Yeah, it's like you're just trying to. Yeah, just trying to like if I'm really far behind and you're at the finish line, you can yeah. like kind of like get people back. So you gotta I can help finish. your teammates. Well, not teammates, but you know if you're in party or whatever, you gotta help. You yeah, gotta help yeah, them out. Help each other out. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, that I think they have a lot of issues with the servers so far. I think it was down for two days, right? Yeah, where the servers weren't matching Which, up. Like with the new game, you know, it's, it's pretty. Expected. It's common, but pretty annoying and you what the video you showed me a video today about some guy hacking already they figured yeah, out some hacks it's just rampant in gaming now it's unfortunate but and he even went yeah he, it was on the king of the hill one he didn't <laughs> even win he was going so far up the mountain and he finally lost yeah 
but yeah awesome so yeah that's the fall guys news and we're gonna get on to the call of duty season five reaction so no i'm gonna go first with you with your season five reaction of call of duty warzone I mean, obviously, as you saw in the video clips, a lot of things have changed. Yeah. That could change the way the game's played. Um, My biggest surprise, they didn't nerf any or just any weapons. Yeah, they didn't change any weapons at all. Um, You know, they they only made one major change to the map. They opened up the stadium. Yeah. And since it's open, it's just changed the way. It's like Tilt the Town on Fortnite. Everything, everyone goes there. And and I think it's kind of nice because all the sweaty players will kind of go focus on there. And the rest of us can kind of like spread out through the map and not have to worry about <laughs> just loot all the yeah bit. exactly yeah and i mean they also introduced juggernauts mm-hmm. so oh those are those in the game right those now? are in the game oh. now yeah like regular war, war zone so it's like you know how they fire sales and stuff how it's just random mm-hmm. that's how it is with the juggernauts too it's just random oh just, so, wait can you buy juggernauts or is it is no you can't buy it oh, okay. you get it gotcha i haven't even seen that yet yeah, I haven't either. I, I mean, I was watching a scump stream one time, and Formal got the Juggernaut in Warzone. They were just flying around in a helicopter, spraying bullets down. Is like, a, is it a care package that drops, or I, I haven't played since they put the Juggernauts in, so okay. I don't know exactly how it is. Um, I assume it's just like a care package that drops. Yeah, yeah that's every, what I everyone flocks towards it. Yeah, right? like loadouts. Yeah. Uh, Jacob, do you want to talk a little bit about the multiplayer? I mean, yeah, they didn't really adjust too much obviously a new two new weapons the iso and the a94 haven't had a chance to really use any of them but i see it i see a ton of people using the new smg yeah the iso i think like it's not like it's okay to use like i've i've seen it's like a i've seen people say it's like a mini version of the vector it's just more compacted but i haven't personally used it yet but i've heard it handles okay and the fire rate's decent but yeah, I'm excited to use the AN94 just for those Black Ops 2 vibes again. To get back to Black Ops 2 a little bit? Yeah, just take me back a little bit to the glory days. Yeah, exactly. But the two new maps they put in. Was it just, Oil Rig and Petrov Harbor, right? It's probably two of the worst maps I've ever played in my life. Is Oil, it just too linear or just too spread out too many doors? Or Oil Rig is just... Like you pretty much run through like three sets of doors before you get into any. And people can camp all day behind those doors. Camping everywhere. The new harbor map. I haven't played a normal game mode on it. It's just drop zone, right? The only thing I've played on is drop zone. I'm pretty sure they probably have all the game modes on it. And dude, the thing that pisses me off about drop zone on the harbor one is people just leave whenever someone gets a good kill streak. It's like it's like people are going to get like advanced UV juggernaut or whatever. People just leave randomly. And it's a really long game mode. First place, like you need like a thousand points to win, and it's and like a six minute match, I, or maybe longer. It than might that. even be like ten minutes. Honestly, it, yeah. I whenever I get that, I just back out of the lobby. Like, and people usually stay in one of the spawns because that's where the care packages usually focus on yeah. dropping down. I th- they they need to keep in like one of one of three things really. They need to have a shipment, a rust, or a um, shoe house twenty four seven, or even the combination of all three. Like. That's like what most of the multiplayer people want to play is one of those three maps most of the time. Yeah, it just they're like they're a twelve billion dollar company and they they still struggle with meeting the fans' needs. Like how like I don't like you said like how hard is it just to be just keep those three game modes in like just have one like I think it was dirty old houseboat that had shipment rust and shoot house. Yeah, they should just have that playlist all the time. Never take it out. They can have like they can have a twenty four seven playlist for their. The new maps that they always drop out whenever it's the new. Like season. these aren't even new maps. Like they're from past CODs. Now I'm talking about like oil rig or whatever. Oh yeah. The 24/7 they have for that. Like, yeah. 
they can drop that one, and but they need to have those three maps because Shoe House is probably one one of the only good maps that they've produced this year. Yeah, they. That's the, the I I like Modern Warfare. This is the one Call of Duty I've played like throughout the year. I usually only play the Call of Duty for like three months. Like and after Christmas, I usually don't play anymore. But this is one of the Call of Duties I play consistently. Yeah, like I have enjoyed the multiplayer in this. But game. the maps are just the gunplay is the only thing I I keep coming back to. The maps, on the other hand, are yeah, just the maps is like I can't awful. handle it. Like it's, I I can get past the skill based matchmaking, whatever the way too fast time to kill for the guns, but like the maps are just. I keep, they're unplayable. Honestly. And the spawns. We were playing yeah. yesterday. What was this on Ch- Cheshire Park? Yeah, the spawns. I, in, Infinity War just never knows what they're doing with spawns, honestly. Because they were spawning. It was a hard point, and they were kept spawning behind us yeah. as we were killing people yeah, in front like, of us. It's, it's just Im- like it's impossible to push out spawns to like actually have people spawn. And out. weren't you in the spawn? They were yeah. still spawning right there. Yeah, it's just the the way that the squad spawns function in this game is just ridiculous. Yeah, I hope they fix it in COD 2020. And uh, no, you had a few things to say about the teasers and dropped in Warzone for COD 2020. Yeah, so if you've been playing Warzone or been watching Warzone at all, you've seen it goes to like a gray screen and then it says, know your history. And then it has Russian letters and someone translated those Russian letters and it says, doomed to repeat it. So, you know, the famous saying like history repeats itself. Mm -hmm. So there's a couple of things that people are thinking is happening. So at the um, Activision Quarter 2 call, they have a call every quarter, um, they said Warzone has given Call of Duty a more global audience than ever before, meaning we can be more targeted and direct than ever before. So this probably means that Warzone is going to be continued into the next Call of Duty and to the games that follow. They're going to keep using Warzone because it's giving them an audience that they want. Um, yeah, it's like a worldwide game now. I think several millions of people still play it. It's I think it's surpassed Fortnite now even. Yeah, I mean a lot of people play it. It's a lot of fun. Um, you know, a lot of people played Fortnite because of the building aspect and it was new. And eventually people just got way too good at building. And they just they kept getting better and better. And that's why people have stopped playing because everyone in that game is a sweat now. You can't just go in there and have a good time with friends. Yeah, I think I think Warzone's a lot better because it's not so like it's just it's more like linear aspect of just you have to just hit your shots basically yeah exactly. fortnite where it's like you can just build a freaking huge tower and shoot down somebody it's like well i might be better at gunplay than you but you're just better at me than fi- at building exactly you know? yeah and then um some other things some data miners have found they found a logo with the hammer and sickle and a red star and if you remember that's actually from the spetsnaz that's the spetsnaz logo okay. and that's the spetsnaz army that they put into their black ops games and they continue to put in there um i don't really know what that means but it's a logo that they found while they're data mining. well I, i've heard it, it the cod 2020 is going to be about the cold war so i'm assuming it's going to have to do with like rush like us beating Russia to, like, the moon or, like, just uh, secret missions against Russia, yeah. like, kind of how Black Ops 1 was during the Cold War. And do you think that they're kind of rebooting the Black Ops franchise like they did with Modern Warfare? Like, do you think we'll see, like, Woods, Mason, and Hudson again? Like, we I, saw Price in them, or...? I, I definitely think we're going to see them again. Okay. So, I actually have two theories that people have come up with from the history repeats itself. So one theory is that we need to know history about the Black Ops series because they're going to reboot the series itself. So we need to go back and play those games maybe a yeah. little bit. Or we need to know our history about the Cold War because it's going to be related to real-life events. Okay. And maybe they're like, you actually don't know your history. Like, this is what actually happened and, like, all this 
crap yeah. that went on in the world when we were just like messing around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm I'm super excited. I hope they bring back those iconic characters like Woods and Hudson because I mean, that made the Black Ops campaign. Yes. Call of Duty was known for the campaign up until like Advanced Warfare, where it kind of just dropped off. Yeah. And I really hope they kind of start bringing it back, but yeah. So with season five, you know how they have the operators; you can choose a different character to play. Yeah, they have a missing armistice soldier, and okay. um, it's known as Arm Three One, and it's been reported that the soldier has been t- uh, taken as prisoner in the okay. Verdansk prison, and people think that it's Frank Mason. Oh wow, really? Mm-hmm. And I've seen. Uh, I, I don't know if it was. I think it was a teaser teaser for season five. People were predicting that there was a, a nuke shot of like a nuke being like pulled into a facility and i've heard rumors that it's basically gonna this call of duty is gonna roll into 2020 and like a nuke's gonna like in fortnite with the black hole mm-hmm. it's gonna like kind of reset everything it's gonna be a brand new map map for call 2020 yeah yeah for sure I, I mean it definitely could happen because it's gonna be a new call of duty and activision is not gonna want to like just take infinity wars game and keep giving them money whenever they can take it over Oh, Treyarch, you think they're going to kind of try to yeah. take it over a little bit? Yeah, I think so. Because, I, I mean, they started it all with Blackout. That's true. I, yeah, like, Blackout's 4. Blackout was a lot of fun. A lot of a lot of people enjoyed playing it, but Fortnite was still really relevant at the time, so mm-hmm. it didn't get played as much, so it didn't get as much hype as I think it deserved. Whereas Warzone... Warzone released at the perfect game. time. Yeah. Because now Fortnite was kind of falling off, mm-hmm. and Warzone like was what everyone wanted yeah. and needed at that time, point in time. I think that Blackout just didn't really get the, like, social aspect of the transition. Like, I, I feel like they didn't market it well either. You didn't have, like, Nick Merrick's Cloaksy, Tenetat, man, all of these people transferring over to play the the uh, new Call of Duty, which was Blackout. And the other thing was there was no cross-platform in that, so I think that could have also been a big problem yeah. with it. Because that honestly brings, like, a lot of players into games when they can play with their friends that have different consoles in them or if they're on PC or whatever. Yeah, and again, I, I'm reading this article right here. It says, Call of Duty Warzone is going to be very tightly integrated with Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. So I'm really excited to see. I mean, this game comes out what, two months, maybe? And uh, we haven't seen any teaser trailer, yeah, like I mean, really a solid teaser trailer for I it. I think we have a release date. Mm-mm. Usually, like, I mean, obviously, it used to be November, but October, recently November. it's been October. Yeah. So two or three months max. And we still haven't heard anything about yeah, it. Yeah, I think that we're not doing this purpose purposefully. They it has to be purposefully. I think it's either going to be like people have talked about maybe the release being like with the COD champs, and or it could be just dropping during the war zone. Like no one really knows yet. No one really has any information on that. Awesome guys. Well, let's get into COD champs, like Jacob mentioned a little bit. Jacob, why don't you go ahead and talk about the CDL champions a little bit? Yeah, man, I'm really excited. I mean, we got them coming up August 19th already. It seems like the season kind of flew by, I guess, especially with everything that's going on. Obviously, it hasn't been on land the whole season, moving to online. And I just don't know. This COD Champs is going to be a weird one with having it online. What do you think? I I definitely agree. You know, COD Champs is something I look forward to watching every year. Um, It's always fun to see the reactions from the fans, and we're not going to get that this year especially since it's um, going to be online instead of LAN. I definitely think that Call of Duty could, could have done like a bubble type thing. They could have got people out there. They could have done coronavirus tests and stuff, and they could have played on stage still, even if there wouldn't have been fans. 
they could have done a bubble type thing like professional sports leagues are doing. Yeah, you you think with such a big buy into the league that they would be able to do that, but you also think about like well, what does Activision have to gain from that? What type of revenue would they be be bringing in? Like they're obviously they can't sell any tickets to any fans. Would they have the money to? They obviously have the money to afford it, but is it? the right financial decision for them to do it. I know all the fans would love for them to have done that because, like you said, that's a big part of it is watching the reactions, seeing how the players react to big plays or whatever. But I don't know. I'm still excited to watch a little less than normal just for the whole aspect of it being online. But I think there's some really good matchups that are coming up. Like even in the even in the winners round one, you got New York, Minnesota, and London, Toronto. Those are two great matchups to start out the season. Yeah, for sure. Those are going to be good. I mean, Toronto, they won the last home series of the season. New York won their home series, what, three tournaments ago? Yeah. And Dallas won between them. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, some stuff happened in the Toronto home series. Formal lagged out whenever they were playing against Chicago. Um, you know, and people, people, like, they're blaming Toronto, but it's not really their fault. They're a good team, but... It yeah. would have been better. Yeah, and it's also it's also weird with like the whole start glitch that was going around, where you could see where players were when you died. Mm-hmm. You could see if they were rotating or whatever. But I mean, I think that this last tournament, a lot of the players are just excited to get this season over with, with how they've been dealing with the new CDL rules and how they no one's really enjoyed competitive modern warfare. Honestly, the game just hasn't been fun for the players. Yeah, especially Octane. He will uh, he will voice his opinions. Yeah. He's trying to be better about it because he's been fined so much, but he's he's probably the front runner for. Uh, I mean, if you can make the three time retire from Call of Duty, then the, the game's got to be bad, honestly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it, it with it being online, you know, and like we talked about with COD Season Five, they did bring in the AN ninety four. Um, do you think that that's going to be like a new meta? Do you think they're going to use that? I don't. I mean, I, I saw it a lot in scrims, especially RCDs using it. But who knows? I mean, we have like what? Uh, we have another almost two weeks until the tournament, and no one's really streaming any scrims or anything. So no one has any information on what the meta is actually going to be. If people are going to keep on using the AN ninety four, I'd love to see it. That'd be great to have something new. Because God, we've been using just the M four and MP five all season. It feels like every time a new gun comes up, it gets G eight, and then no one's using it anymore. But I'd like to see some variety mixed in there. Yeah, it's like with most CODs you think about, there's three guns. Black Ops 4, you had the ICR, you had the Maddox, and you had the SOG. Infinite Warfare, you had the MV4, you had the K-Bar, you had the E-Rad. This year, there's only the MP5 and the M4 that people are using. Do you think it could be like that third gun? I, I really hope so. Like, But I feel like the like some of the least, the least entertaining CODs – well, I, I guess not. Advanced Warfare was pretty good. It had a, it had a two-gun meta. It was still fun to watch. But, like, BO, BO3 had tons of guns, tons of variety. Uh, Infinite Warfare, it had three guns. So, it'd be fun to watch a game with three guns. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's a, you need that long-range IR. You need the submachine gun. AR, sorry. You need the submachine gun, and then you need like that mid-range AR for the flex players to have. That way it's not just four subs and an AR, four ARs and a sub. Um, you know, there's a lot of AR uh, switching going on right now as well. As we know with Chicago, their um, skunk is going to start 
he's going to be a flex now. He's going to start running the air or something over Pristini. What do you think of that change? I mean, yeah, it's like, what does 2020 come to? You have one of the best SMGs of all, well, probably the best SMG of all time, switching to an AR. That's just crazy to think about. I mean, like, the only time he's probably ever used an AR was when it was a four BAL meta in, in Advanced Warfare. It's just crazy to think about that he's switching over to an AR, especially over a guy like Pristini who was performing really well with an AR. He's obviously a lot faster player, so they, they probably do need him in that submachine gun role. That's a little bit of a slower SMG, more of a slayer, but we'll see if it works out for them. And, I, I mean, I hope to see them succeed, but, like, what, what are your predictions on the tournament? Who do you think will be coming out on top? I mean, as much as, you know, if I had to guess, I'd say most people are Chicago fans because they have the likes of Scump and Formal, T2P, that's, like, the most well-known duo in Call of Duty. Um, so a lot of people want to see them win, but I still think that Dallas and Atlanta are the two favorites. I think it's going to be between them two to see who the champ of this Call of Duty is. I think that it really comes down to that winner's bracket round three matchup. Uh, Atlanta and Chicago have only faced off once, obviously. It was a 3-0 for Chicago. I think that was a lot of just uh, emotion and momentum. Like They wanted to prove themselves, so they came out hot 3-0. And then, obviously, the next round, they, they lost in, to New York, which is a matchup you would expect them to win. And I think that if Chicago is able to beat Atlanta in that winner's round three, I could I could definitely see Dallas taking it just because of – usually Atlanta is Dallas's kryptonite. That's just one team that they haven't really been able to figure out too well. I think that if uh, Chicago is able to take Atlanta out early, send them down to the loser's bracket, that Dallas will have a great chance to win the whole thing. And I – I, I could see it being either one of those three teams, even throwing Florida in there. I mean, hot take four top four teams are most likely to win, but that's just yeah. how it's been all that's just how it's been all season, really. Yeah, I mean, you know, once once Pristini went over to Chicago, Florida then won two tournaments straight in a row. Do you think they could get that fire back for champs? I, I definitely think they could. They've been a great team, especially online. They didn't perform as well on land, but they, they even beat Chicago on land, obviously. They didn't end up winning that tournament, but yeah, they've been ever since the transition to online. They've been great, and obviously they've added a few new pieces like Pharaoh, Awakening, made them honestly a great team, top comp, top competitor for the remainder of the season. So, speaking of the losers bracket, we have Seattle Surge in eleventh place. Do you think a well-known AR player like Octane could win a couple of games and maybe upset a few teams? Um. I could definitely see Octane willing his way to maybe losers round three. I don't see them getting more than two series though. I if well, we might do predictions later, but I'll just go ahead and say like I I see them beating Paris probably. But man, that's a it's a tough matchup. Losers round two. You they're either gonna be playing probably London or Toronto. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just don't I don't see them beating either of those teams really. Yeah, I mean. Thinking of last year, Black Ops 4, 100 Thieves, they lose first round. They're in losers round one. They come back. They were down 2-0 to phase, 2-0 in control. They come back and win that series. They go on to beat Optic in the losers final and then I, lose to EU in the finals. They're runner-ups after losing in the first round. Yeah, once you once they won that phase series, it's like, all right, no one's going to be stopping this team anytime soon. Like You can just tell they were just full momentum at that point. I mean, they had – they were probably they were definitely the best team throughout that whole entirety of the game. Obviously, they didn't end up winning it in the end, but like gosh, they were so dominant. 
Kenny, Slasher, Octane, they were just that, – that was the best AR duo in the game, obviously. But they just didn't – they didn't have that submachine gun power that, like, EU had at the end of the season with just Semp taking over. Yeah, Semp and Abizi, two little cracked-out kids. I mean, enabling – enable – who was the other one? Was it Kenny or was he – It was Kenny, yeah. Yeah, so Kenny, I mean, enable, and, and uh, Priesta. Priesta. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, Sempabizi and Priesta have teamed up now on phase. That's a yeah. cracked out team That's, right there. I'm, I've been surprised by a team of how they weren't as dominant as I thought they would be. I think that speaks a lot to this, the M4 being the best gun right now. Mm-hmm, obviously, sure. at the beginning of the season when there's no GAs, before the MP5 was nerfed a little, like, they were just straight. They were frying every team that they came across. Yeah, at the beginning, or after that, when the MP5 became the dominant gun. Yeah, it's um, just, it was kind of falling off a little bit. Obviously, still a great team. But. Oh, yeah, for sure, they're still good. Do you think that that, that losing to Toronto in 3-2 fashion in the last tournament, is that going to have any effect on that? I I honestly have. I mean, I'm not saying that tournament just kind of washed in my mind, but it's not carrying as much weight just because of everything that was going on with that tournament with the – disconnects the like honestly toronto shouldn't have even been in that situation well i shouldn't say they shouldn't have been but it that series is most likely going to be over in that hard point against uh chicago i don't see them winning that one except for with the lag out yeah for sure but i mean they they still played great they might have been using the glitch Uh, everyone might have been using the glitch no one really knows can't really point fingers at anybody but yeah I'm excited to watch. It's going to be an interesting with the way everything's set up. You know, you got teams starting in losers bracket. You have the finals not being two best of fives, but it's basically a best of nine with one game already going to the team and the winners. It's a bit, really strange setups that they have going on. Yeah, for sure. Do you think that with people lagging out, do you think that it's on the CDL or do you think it's on Call of Duty servers? I mean, the game's been out. For over a year, Call of Duty's been around for like what, 15, 16 years now. Yeah, it's it's honestly probably just it's either servers or player base. Like obviously, uh, Pristini tweeted out that he disconnected because I mean there was a hurricane coming on. Like, what do you do in that situation? Like, there's nothing that you really can do. Like, there needs to be a pause function in the game online. I know there's one for land, but there's not one online. And like that's that's something that needs to be implemented with so much money on the line in this final tournament. Yeah, I mean it's a four million dollar prize. Yeah, like you you would think that they would have something figured out for that. Yeah, for sure. All right. All right, awesome. Thanks, Jacob No, for that great talk about the CL champions and potential matchups with that. So our last time of conversation is movies. Jacob, what movies did you watch this week? I watched the original trilogy for Spider-Man, and then I also watched uh, The Strangers 2. The stra- there's two Strangers movies, or Strangers also? I think there's two movies. Two movies? Which one was it? The first I think second I watched one? the second The one. second one? How was that one? Uh, it was a little weird. Pretty basic. Basic scary movie. Yeah. Usual. I won't get into all of it. We'll just talk about Spider-Man. Spider-Man? All right, so... Get into the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Great, great series. First two. I, I love the first two movies. Third one is just, I don't know. When too he, convoluted. Too many characters. When he's t- yeah, like, they bring Venom in the last like 10 minutes. Venom just, 
like a three minute long villain. He's he's like a little emo child too. He doesn't yeah. seem like a legit like the venom we know in the comics. Yeah, and like when when he's taken over by the venom, I'm just like, God, that's just the most cringy thing. I've ever yeah, seen. he doesn't. I mean, it, it was what was what year did that movie come out? Like 2006, like maybe maybe five, six, seven. Something yeah, like that, right? so I mean, the visual effects weren't great, but still, I feel like movies then still. They could have made him look a little better. Yeah, and I, Sam Raimi is is notorious. Like he, people know that he didn't want them included, but the studio kind of pressured it into putting him in there. Yeah, and like you said, like there's just so many villains in that movie. It's just like, can't. Yeah. I don't know. I, I felt like it was too cluttered. But again, like the first, the first two are. Yeah, the first two were great movies. For like back in 2002, like the special effects, like everything, like being able to show Spider Man swinging through the buildings is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, me and my friends were watching it when it was like showing Sandman, like kind of transforming into the sand. Like, wow, that's probably the whole budget right there. Yeah, exactly. Because everything, again, like the third one, like most of the shots don't look great. Yeah. And like the storyline, too. Like the second one is people consider like the best Spider Man film of all time. Great storyline, but it goes into the third one. It's just doesn't really follow that yeah and like i don't know not not my not some of my favorite scenes in that movie but like like you said one and two great movies third one not so great but i'll still take them over tom holland now so why you say that what's like compare toby mcguire like to tom holland like what's so i i think tom holland uh embodies spider-man a little more like his youngness like his like um childish nature a little bit you know yeah it's definitely more so like he looks like a typical high school kid but i don't know it's probably just nostalgia remembering growing up watching those movies i think toby mcguire is more hard-nosed as a spider like he was more rugged you know and tom holland it's like i feel like he hasn't really faced in his movies like any problems really like it's always like he's kind of kind of built up by iron man every time and, like, I think Spider-Man can hold his own movie. I feel like Marvel's kind of pressured, pushed Iron Man onto Spider-Man a little too much, where now it's like he's Iron Man Jr., where Tobey Maguire was his own character the whole time. He didn't have any help, really. Yeah, his only really help was obviously uh, Harry Osborn at the end of the third movie. It was pretty much his only help. That was against, like, Sam, uh, Sam Sandman and, and Venom. Venom. Yeah. So it made sense for them to have that rekindling of their friendship for Mary Jane. Yeah. And I really hope for Tom Holland, the third movie, I hope they kind of go away from the Iron Man aspect. And because so, now his identity is revealed by Mysterio. So I hope they kind of spoilers. put him in a, yeah, spoiler, sorry guys, put him in a situation where he has to rely on his, because Spider-Man is a super smart character in the comics. So hopefully they make him rely yeah. more on that. Rather than, oh, I can just make my own suit from Iron Man. Yeah, I mean, like, that was, like, one of the main things for Spider-Man was just, obviously, his brains, like, you and, like, that's more, they show that a lot more, I felt like, with Tobey Maguire, like, when he goes off to college, and he's, like, he's a renowned student with all of his professors. Yeah. So, and we talked a little bit about Venom for Spider-Man 3. I watched a movie this week called Life, and there have been a lot of rumor. this movie came out two years ago, I believe. And there were a lot of rumors surrounding it that said it was a prequel to the Venom movie. Have you seen the prequel Venom movie with uh, Tom Hardy? I have not. Yeah. So I've seen it. And the movie starts with um, a spaceship crashing to the Earth and then Venom escaping. And life ends with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal stuck in the pod 
with the alien crashing into the ocean. So that's why people think there's kind of resemblance to it. But I don't know. Do you think there there could be something there? Do you think Marvel's trying to connect the dots and Sony? I mean, they could be, but Jake Gyllenhaal's in the movie? Jake Gyllenhaal's in it, yeah. Ryan Reynolds, all those people. So, so but he's Mysterio. So Mysterio? So yeah. <laughs> but, but Sony's a separate universe than Venom. Yeah, but... So they could be trying to do their own thing, maybe. But yeah, I'm curious to see what Sony would do with their universe, but I think that'll do it for Dudes and a Mic. I just want to thank my two guests for coming on today. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having us. Of course, man. Anytime. But yeah, thanks guys for listening and see you guys next week.